Hi, and welcome. It's Patrick Donahoe. So what are mutual companies and why do they matter to you? Even more so, what are they doing for your financial strategy that other investments and companies simply can't offer? Let's dig in. Welcome to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy Podcast. So mutual companies date back to the 1600s, uh, believe it or not. There's quite a, quite a history there. And Benjamin Franklin was the first to establish a mutual company in the United States. And surprisingly enough, it is still in business today. So the term mutual means that the company is owned by specific policy owners, uh, what are called participating policy owners. Now, mutual companies are, are in essence, for-profit companies who offer uh, many different insurance uh, products uh, and other financial products, and it's you know, evolved over, over the years. Uh, but some mutual companies actually don't have what are called participating policies, policies that pay a dividend. So these mutual companies, what they'll do that don't have these participating policy owners will reduce costs, improve service, and give an overall uh, better experience. And, and that is, I mean, that in essence has some, has some value, but we don't necessarily find uh, the true value in a mutual company unless there's a participating policy. So participating policies, which are what I've seen uh, mainly whole life insurance and disability insurance will pay a dividend that is similar, synonymous to a, a profit share. And by the IRS, it's treated as a return of premium or a refund of charging too much. Uh, so that's not treated as, as any uh, taxable income. And insurance companies, mutual companies existed before 1913, of course, which is when the income tax, uh, personal income tax went into effect. So mutual companies have been around for a long time for a number of reasons. There are uh, companies today that exist. They're hundreds of years old. And in large part, it has to do with the way in which they make decisions. They are not necessarily bound by short-term constraints like public companies are. So mutual companies are private companies. And when it comes to the short-term nature of most public companies, they are uh, essentially incentivized or held accountable on a quarterly basis to show profits, to show growth. And if they don't show that, then the uh, prices of those of those uh, of those stocks of those companies, uh, the share price goes uh, goes down or goes up. So it, there's a very short term nature when it comes to public companies, uh, publicly traded companies. When it comes to mutual companies, because they're private, they can make certain decisions now that you know may have some short term uh, downsides. However, looking out for the best interest of policy owners. Uh, may require making decisions that ultimately will allow them to pay claims, pay dividends, and be in a healthy situation. And another thing with mutual companies, and you know, I, I in the book uh, that I wrote, which you can see over here, Heads I Win, Tails You Lose, I talk about an example of a company who used uh, one of the kind of uh, recessionary periods over the last 30 years to capitalize on some real estate projects in the Northeast and were able to just get that land at a fire sale discount because they had cash. Most you know, publicly traded companies, if they have too much cash uh, and they're not investing and getting that money moving, that could potentially look, look bad. So that's, a, that's just one example of how a mutual company can capitalize on not needing to appease shareholders on a short-term basis. And uh, the book explains the outcome of it, but it, 
uh, this specific company was able to uh, partner with a development company and like 10x the uh, the the investment on, or just part of the land that they bought was uh, 10x investment based on what they sold it for. So it's there are lucrative deals that typically come about at various times, sometimes in good times, mostly in bad times. And the mutual company is in a position where they can capitalize on those type of deals, make those type of decisions. Now, if you look at <clears throat> you know, why we use mutual companies, number one, it's, I would say it's the stability. This is the wealth maximization account, a high cash value insurance policy is meant to be the foundation of your financial life. It takes the place of uh, a, a safe bond fund. <clears throat> it takes place of uh, cash, uh, sometimes uh, sometimes gold if you're using gold for liquidity purposes or safe purposes, not necessarily to hedge inflation purposes. Uh, but uh, life insurance, cash value, high cash value policies will allow you to have that stability at the foundation of your life. And I, you know, the last episode we did with uh, Justin Atkinson was uh, was awesome. I love talking to Justin because his mindset is so in tune with how to have a healthy financial life and having that foundation of certainty is paramount to you know really the the things that are thrown your way when it comes to finances whether it's a, a change in your company or a change in your business or a change to the economy having this stability is vital and so mutual companies they are very sound i mean they every year they will release an annual report that you can that you can read and there's usually statements from the uh, the, the executive team and it talks about what they're up to, what they're doing, what they're committed to, their principles, their mission. Uh, but then there's, you know, also other reports that come out where you can see, you know, their financial statement. You can see what they're, you know, what they're doing financially, what investments that they're making, how they're, you know, adjusting this, that, and the other. So, you know, we we pay attention to that. But insurance companies make good, prudent decisions when it comes to uh, money and investments, and it's uh, it's awesome to see because it aligns with how we view the purpose of the wealth maximization account. So how dividends work? Let me go. Let me go to that. Um, you know, dividends are are declared once a once a year, and it's typically toward the end of the year, uh, November or December. So uh, each mutual company has a uh, a board, and that board gets together a few times a year. And in the last part of the year is when they decide what the dividend uh, dec- declaration should be, and when it's declared. Uh, that's when it's not necessarily paid out, uh, but it's ultimately declared what will be paid out. And then the subsequent year, uh, you will you know, essentially receive your dividend associated with your policy uh, on the anniversary date of your policy. So if you started in February, that is when the div- uh, dividend will be paid out. If you started in November, that'll be when it's paid out the following you know, November or the following December. So the end of the specific year is when the dividend is declared. The subsequent year, that next year, is when the dividend will be paid on your policy anniversary date. So that's sometimes a question we get from from clients. But this and this is a it, mutual companies. It's been awesome to have relationships with a, with a few of them, uh, and and we we do business with multiple mutual companies, and it's great to see how number one uh, they think. They act the decisions that they make uh, with for the best interest of those that have, uh, you know, essentially given them money in the form of insurance premiums. Uh, it's been great to uh, get to know them and their principles, understand their mission. They're very similar. And what's also what's also really uh, 
healthy is their collaboration with each other. Most companies out there, I would say, look at each other as competition. But if you if you look at kind of the the society that we're in right now, uh, we had a, a big tax law change uh, just a few years ago, and the mutual companies uh, got together and uh, the the executives and they flew out to Washington uh, Washington D.C. many times and. Uh, met with uh, policy makers, lawmakers, and and educated them on the nature of of insurance uh, and the taxation associated with things, lobbying essentially for the best interest of policy owners. And they all got together to do that. It wasn't this, you know, uh, effort of one or another. It was all of them together. So mutual mutual companies are some of the best companies out there. And I believe that the mission that was created hundreds of years ago with these companies continues to be carried on from one executive team to, to another. Uh, now, if you're watching on video, I wanted to show you guys something that's really interesting. I found this a few, a few years ago. So these are, I have a, I have a couple of them here that I found on, on eBay, uh, but these are, they're, they're called banks, little banks that insurance, mutual insurance companies would give out to uh, policy owners. And if you look at them, I don't know if we can get kind of a close-up close here, but there's little slots in here that you can see. On. There's dates here, and uh, and we opened one. We opened one up, and it had like the mechanical way in which it changed dates. And there's a slot for coins, a slot for little dollar bills. But ultimately, what would happen is people would save uh, into these little banks, and then the insurance uh, company would come around uh, and pick them up, and then take the money and use that for premiums. Because most people don't they don't know that. Uh, the insurance policies that we, the wealth maximization account, these uh, cash value insurance policies are are at the foundation of what we consider to be the most sound strategy out there. But they were ultimately the original uh, financial uh, planning, the original financial strategy before you know the 1980s uh, took on more of a uh, you know securities based uh, financial financial plan. That's what you know people started using to uh, to save their money. But previous to that. Uh, people would save in type, inside of these types of life insurance policies. They had the lo loan provisions. They had the same type of taxation, uh, same type of growth, and uh, I would say perspective as far as the the foundation of a financial life. So it's uh, it's been really great for me to experience that. It helps uh, our company, uh, my company, you know, really look to the future and feel good about the decisions we're making now because you know insurance companies like these are going to be around for a really long time. Uh, so join us next time as we talk about how one of the most hated financial topics out there is now less of a concern for you. We'll go over the many ways the perpetual wealth strategy and your cash value life insurance helps you pay less to Uncle Sam. Thank you for listening to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official page at paradigmlife.net for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional or a wealth strategist at Paradigm Life. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review today. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and its exclusive content. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.